0: but I was also shocked out of my own arrogant piety, in particular by seeing the callous way the institution treated young men who'd left. Some of these men were unwell, mentally or physically, yet even when that ill health stemmed from conditions at the seminary, they were cast back on their families with minimal financial or pastoral support. The rest of us were told to avoid them. Much later, as the abuse cases emerged, Setting off an era of scandals, I saw a connection between the way the Church treated these young, failed priests, with nominal care and no responsibility, and the way the victims of abuse were being helped and manoeuvred. As a writer and former seminarian, I was asked in 2002 to write an article for The New Yorker on child abuse in the Catholic Church. In researching it, I spoke to priests in both the United States and Australia who were friends of mine. And one of them, an Australian stationed in the US, predicted two outcomes for the Church in its failing to address the matters of both paedophilia and underage abuse. One was Frank Doherty's message, as narrated in this book. If the Church did not face up to the problem and act according to its highest principles, the civil arm of society would ultimately force it to do so. The second was that a time would come when all priests would bear the opprobrium of the crimes committed and covered up. Both these prophecies of my venerated and now deceased friend turned out to be, as they say, on the money. My friend was certainly not the only honest, striving priest to foresee these perils, to be scandalized by what had happened, and to appreciate what was coming. He, like a number of my friends in the priesthood, possessed a genuine spirituality and a social conscience, a taste for what St. Paul said was the first commandment, fraternal love. I wanted, therefore, to write about the spirituality of such priests, even though a fellow former seminarian jokingly warned me that spirituality was a rare animal amongst Catholic clergy. I was, however, lucky enough to know many priests with whom it was more than a pretense. And so, for good or ill, I based my main character, Doherty, on priests I have admired. None of them, sadly, the kind who are likely to be made bishops. I have come to realize that if you leave the church, the church may not leave you. Even so, I am afraid that despite my arm's-length admiration of spirituality, I am what you would call a cultural Catholic, one of a subspecies despised by the more doctrinaire and totalitarian church officials. I got the idea from those agnostic Jewish folk who celebrate Passover to commemorate their fellow humans whose lives were ended by barbarous decrees in the 1940s. In the same spirit, I attend all the rites of passage of my esteemed late father and my mother's numerous Irish-Australian clans, both of which had American wings as well. I am grateful to celebrate the Last Supper and, in the name of people now gone and much nobler than me, take the host, the sacrament. A deity could not be more appalled at my unworthy welcome to the Eucharist than by the celebration of the Mass by abusive priests. Many of the Church's ayatollahs will queue to call me a delicatessen Catholic. Perhaps the Church is lucky still to have a delicatessen, But to say so is just the beginning of a tiresome debate in which the legalistic certainties of some priests and many bishops fall like axes, falling, as they always do, on divorcees, homosexuals, users of contraception, and all the other outcasts who might hanker to take communion. I have taken the liberty of setting this novel in the 1990s, when the pattern that would mark the Church's circumstances in the new twenty-first century was beginning to emerge, yet when the voices of the victims did not have the force they have now gathered. I chose that time setting in the interests of making Doherty something of a prophet, as my dear friend in the United States was in 2002. Though I am far from saintly or free from shame myself, I have, like many Catholics at birth, been profoundly shocked by what has happened by the hubris of notable church leaders and by the fact that the church faced with this crisis reached not for the compassion of christ but for the best lawyers available i am not the only one on a recent